welcome, welcome, welcome in the Mostly Manly Show. I am your host, Brad Manly. If you came looking for somebody else, I hope you're not disappointed because it is me. Now, before I get into anything, the important stuff like birthdays, I have to... Newspapers print retractions, right? So if I'm doing only audio, I don't print a retraction. I have to apologize. Last week, I misspoke. And I said that my friend Russell's band was one thing, and it was definitely not. The band that Russell, the young man that uh, went to school with my boy, um, the band he is in, I believe he fronts, is called Scattergun Tape Deck. I know they're on Facebook. Um, Honestly, I didn't check for a website website, but I know they play around Western Oklahoma. Uh, Scattergun Tape Deck. Again, I apologize, Russell. I humbly apologize for that error. And I get all excited. I know that people have bands, and then I just start running my yep, but I believe the band I spoke of was another Facebook person's band or husband's band or boyfriend's band or I don't even know. I'm crazy. Let's get into birthdays. Last week, I don't know that I had... I just had a couple. One was Russell's. Um, all right. Let's start with my my good buddy, Santiago. I play uh, Star Wars with him. And he had a birthday just there yesterday or the day before. I believe he is 70. Uh, 70 years old. Santiago still doing great playing Star Wars at 70. Uh, my friend Ryan that I worked with for a long time at Hutch is a good, good human. Good dude, Ryan. Um, actually, his Ryan's girl, Lexi, was one of the first listeners of the week because she made Brad Manley some apple butter. You want to be listener of the week? Get Brad Manley some apple butter, folks. Um, anyway, uh, Ryan is 65 years old. Um, now let's oh, get the old men out of the way. Now let's get to the young ladies. My good friend, Julie, that I went to school with. Um, and then was on a trip I took to Spain. Uh, She was on that trip as well. Julie is 29. Uh, My good friend Liz is also 29. A lot of 29-year-old listeners to the show. I'm a hit with the 29-year-old crowd. That's excellent. Uh, My friend Carrie Jo, a fine artist, um, is 29. My friend Dawn that I knew, well, I've known... (laughs) Forever. I don't know how she's so much younger than me, but my friend Dawn is 29. And um, a lovely young lady that worked at Hutch's. She was in our main office, but um, she took care. I don't know. Every time I called, she took care of insurance questions, just about everything. But uh, Heather is uh, 21 this week. 21. The crowd, the listeners are getting younger. Don't know how that happens, but it is definitely, definitely happening. So I want to real quick just touch on, um, we have found, well, I don't know if we found a recipe or was put together, but we had uh, some Italian beef here at the house made out of, uh, we had it shredded, not sliced. Um, Same thing, just, you know, not put on a meat slicer and pretty Fine. It kind of gave me some, you know, some good uh, back home Chicago kind of vibes 
real, real fun. And my boy Travis makes, I think I've talked about this before, he makes these southern green beans. I believe they were his grandmother's recipe. And it's uh, bacon, and then the green beans are done in the bacon. And I can't even recall now if he puts onion in it. I don't think so. All I know is it sends you into some kind of a bacon-induced stupor, and it's amazing. They are, I believe that they would eat them sometimes with just sliced yellow tomatoes and cornbread and nothing else. And having had them as a side, I can absolutely attest to the fact that I'm sure they're fine as a main dish. I mean, I am sure they're incredible because I eat them. And then it's that, that funny thing is that you take that last forkful and then that flavors in your mouth and you're like, I can't believe how fantastic that is. And that's exactly how these green beans are. All right, I'm going to take a quick break to dry the drool off of my face and then we'll come back and talk about some exciting stuff. And I am back. Uh, you know what is funny is a lot of times I'll go into the weekend and not have an idea about what I want to talk about. Well, this was worse is because I went into even um, the end of the weekend, not sure what I want to talk about. And everything came together with a few messages from my good friend, David, who I mentioned is visiting Turkey and who I, I know I posted on the Brad Manley Facebook page, a picture of David in Antalya, Turkey with the mostly manly shirt on uh, manly around the world. If you'll recall, that's what we're trying to do. Looking at you guys in the UK. Come on, brothers, sisters, whatever you are, you guys can help brother out, you know, spread the word over there in the UK. Come on. Um, Santiago, you're the birthday boy. You need a shirt. Um, but anyway, so David is mentioning that uh, he does a lot of excellent, you know, historical sites there. And he had visited Hadrian's Gate. I don't know if it's Hadrian's or Hadrian's. I'll say Hadrian's. Um, and he was the, the Roman Emperor Hadr Hadrianus. So would it be Hadrianus? Hadrian? Hadrian? I don't know. But it was Hadrianus was the emperor's name. But it's called Hadrian's Gates. So it must have shortened it because they also, like uh, like Brad Manley, as we know, into brevity. But it was built in 130 A.D. Think about that. 1893 years ago as we sit today. 1893 years ago. Boy, people... They built things and they built them to last, I think. You know, I mean, and the Roman emperor came to visit and they're like, man, let's let's build something monumental. And he, I guess to get into the city, he had to go through a gate named after him. Not a coincidence, I'm sure. What are the odds? Yeah, this gate's got the same name as me. That is out of, I can't even believe it. That's crazy. But so I was poking around at some 
no historical facts that kind of were interesting to me. Um, and he, obviously he ruled over at the time, the Roman Empire, which was vast, because he's got a lot of different places, man, that uh, was kind of a wall that roughly divides, you know, Scotland and England or something like that, uh, called Hadrian's Wall, and that's stretches from sea to sea on, in Britain. Um, they used a lot of that, the wall, the materials that they had built the wall with, they used a bunch of that to then they broke it down after, you know, all the fighting was finished. I mean, this fighting ever really finished, but it seems because they broke it down to use for other buildings that they needed at the time. But there are still, uh, there's still several sections that have the wall. In fact, some of my friends in the UK probably have seen that. So that's kind of a cool deal. I guess there's a walk you can do. And it's, what I think it said, it's 83 miles or something. It's pretty cool. It looks like a dirt gravel path along it. I saw a couple pictures. It's very cool. Um, here's something that just is interesting. The, uh, the Romans apparently ruled Britain for 367 years, 370 years. And, uh, you know, they... I guess they packed their crap. <laughs> okay, we're finished with this. But here's something that is kind of interesting because I am a huge fan of Italian food. Currently, um, the ancient Roman cuisine did not include pasta. That was much later. Nor tomatoes. Both things that as soon as you say Italian food, you know, you're like, oh, well, sure. And I thought that was very, I'm not, not sure what, what when the tomatoes came into their, you know, their I don't want to say vocabulary into their diets, I guess, right? Into their culinary vocabulary, I guess. But you know, now obviously a huge, huge part of their diet is tomatoes and pasta as well. But back to that gate, I mean, it's been there, you know, shy of just shy of two thousand years. Think about that. I mean, now, uh, really, it seems to me now that we live in, the, the thing that struck me is we live in a, like a chalkboard society where things are built and things are erased and things are built again and then erased and built again. You remember that used to be a, a bait shop and then it was a, you know, a place you go get your hair did, and then now it's a nail salon, and then pretty soon it's going to be a lawyer's office, you know. And a lot of times when I say erased, I mean nothing. You know, they'll tear down entire buildings and build things up so it doesn't resemble at all what you thought it was. Because in the grand scheme of, I guess, the timetable of the planet, as it were, we're just blips, you know, even that 2000 year old gate still on the planet. Planet's like, oh, man, that's like a bad, you know, like a, oh, God, I got this scab. I can't quite pick off. Well, that's what that is, right? Everything is just everything is temporary, no matter what it is. You know, some things are just different, different levels of temporary, right? Is there different degrees of temporary? Like a fly is here for, what, a few days? That's really temporary. A mosquito 
if I get the mosquito, their life, you know, if I see the mosquito, their lifespan generally is much shorter because I hate them because they're the most annoying foul things that there has ever been. But when, when does something become more permanent for us? I guess, does it, does it need to take up a certain, um, certain portion of our life time-wise? Does it, is it how important something is? Like, you know, uh, your aunt lived in a house. She only lived there three years, but, you know, now every time you think of her, you think of that house. You know what I'm saying? Is it, is it because something was so important to you that it becomes larger than life or larger for you than it was, you know, say, say an aunt far away, you know, still important as far as the family thing is, but say she lives in a house for 50 years, 40 years, whatever. And, you know, an aunt close by in town, say only lives there three years. And then that, but that house then has much more significance to you because you've been to that house 50 times or 30 times or whatever it is. And you've spent, you know, um, Christmas dinner there, that kind of thing. And then the other house is just a house where your aunt from, you know, three states over happens to live. And then it, you know, takes on a greater significance when you've been there, you've made memories there. It's just, it's incredible to me to think of something that's been there 2,000 years and for us to look at, oh, that old Kmart building's been there forever. Well, it hasn't. It's been there, you know, 53 years, you know, compared to 2,000. That's nothing. And I wonder when, when people started building with the idea that they may have to tear it down. Do you think now... When they build something, they go, well, if we do it this way, it'll be easier to tear down later. Because I don't think that they do, right? You hope that whatever you're making is going to, you know, stay, I guess, stand the test of time and stay, I'm doing air quotes, stay forever. You know, right? Is there, I don't think there is such a thing, right? Everything has a beginning. Everything has an end. Um, but I, I don't wonder if that's the case. Do you? Is there something that you build? And I understand, you know, uh, we something that's huge out here in Oklahoma is firework stands, you know, at the end of June, end of July. Um, and those are just generally wooden things. And the structure stays there all the time. They just close it up and lock it up, take all the fireworks out of it. And then next year, it's where, like, the high school cheerleaders do a, a fundraising thing, and they'll sell them, or different church groups will sell them. And, you know, they use that same building they had for, I don't know, a decade, 15 years, 20 years? Is is there, you know, people that have sold fireworks and other kids are selling fireworks out of that same stand? That would kind of be a cool thing. I bet there probably is, and someone probably knows someone. I may have to put the word out and try to find that out because that's kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting angle about, continuity and i'm thinking so okay clearly this this gate that's almost 2000 years old has a ton of history right so something that struck me then is living in the united states is we sometimes have the misguided opinion 
Now, I am not speaking from a political standpoint. I am just talking hysterical, historical. So I don't want anybody crawling up my keister. I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. I am trying to speak. So hear me out before somebody gets mad. To us, it seems that, you know, all of this, quote unquote, history was occurring in Europe, you know, and China and in the Middle East and like this land that we live on was doing nothing. Well, and, you know, wasn't even a thing, but that's false. The whole time they were doing things in the Middle East, this land, this foundation, this place that I'm sitting currently, it was already here. You know what I'm saying? And there were Native Americans that lived here. But to us, history doesn't start until we write that shit down, right? I mean, that kind of, that is not interesting, like, wow, that's great, but interesting, like, hmm. You know, because there are, and I am not trying to act like I know much about Native American culture, but I know that they're very strong in passing traditions down. Probably we could all take a little bit of, you know, we could learn a little bit from that. And so there is, you know, a, a, a gentleman or a, a matriarch of a family that has taught three generations or four generations um, through stories have taught them the history of, say, a spirit animal or something like that. And, you know, so there's a 75, an 85, a 95-year-old man or a woman that has taught four four generations or maybe even five, a great, great, great grandchild or something. They have taught them about this. And now in the next 90 years, it's all those people it's their responsibility to keep doing it. And that's happened forever. You know, there's not no Native American today made up this, you know, all of the history of this land and their, you know, tribes or their traditions. They didn't make those all up. Those have been passed down to them from the beginning of their time, you know, and then their ancestors' time and their ancestors' time. You know, so history is happening all the time. You know, yesterday officially is history or right now, that moment's history. You know, once it passes, we don't have to write it down. It's just interesting that the difference there, because, you know, we, um, I used to listen to and follow a comedian named Eddie Izzard. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of him. And he, one of the jokes he used or one of the lines he used, he said, I'm from England. And then he said, you know, where all the history is from. But that's just because it was written down, right? Because there's just as much history here. But they, the the people that were here, all the indigenous people that were here, keep their, you know, traditions and their stories close to the vest. They don't need to run their yaps and tell everybody about crazy things. You know, like, you know, how old something was or how it was built. It's just, it just is for them. It's just very different. And it struck me as, you know, how, how quickly now it seems like we can get rid of something, you know, once it 
I guess once it loses its value to us, right? That we don't need that anymore. Oh, we're going to put a new building there. We're going to do a car dealership. And then, you know, that particular brand of cars isn't selling. Oh, get rid of that. Now we're going to put a, you know, a food court there or, you know, a strip mall, something. And everything changes. Everything changes all the time. And I just, it, it's just not something that, it's not something that we see anymore. Something being built and staying there for, you know, oh, well, 2,000 years. I guess I wouldn't know, right? If it's built now, all right, somebody call me in 2,000 years. I'm going to be pretty old. I don't know if I'll be able to pick up the, the cell phone or not. But, all right, I have droned on a, a bit today. Um, next week, we'll come back with some stuff. If you have, If you have kind of strange examples of things like that, of history that is interesting to you, not written down, or if you go, um, you know, Brad, you missed this giant thing, the elephant in the room, because I probably have. I've missed probably a ton of things like that. But it's it's interesting to me. Um, and I just wanted to share it with you because that's how my brain works. I want to share it with people that listen and people that are important. And everybody that listens is important to me. So maybe keep listening. Um, maybe think about getting a Brad Manley shirt, the Mostly Manly shirt, classic design and print up in Visay, Oklahoma, 580-374-2893. Give them a call to hook you up. They're good at shipping. They're good at all that stuff. All right, I will be back next week to talk to everyone. And until that time, stay manly.